Jenna is in the house. It's Doc Talk time. We're coming to you from the Rove Hotel, downtown Dubai's podcast studio. Cosme Wellness Part <laughs> 2. That's where we are. Cosme Wellness Part 2. I forgot we called it Cosme Wellness. Cosme Well. That's where, you, that's where you went. Cosme Well. Yeah. There was a better word for it that we'd found that was the derivative of Cosme Wellness. But anyway, now we're stuck with Cosme Wellness and that's yeah, it. It's Cosme Wellness. I, I kind of like it. It's something, James. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> we haven't done live no. in so long. I mean, we've both been alive, but it's been Zooming. When you say we've been alive, I think I've been semi-alive. Semi. I feel very tired regularly. so much regularly. going on. I mean, oh. you know, got three kids. They're all young. They're going to school. You brave traffic. and I feel like I live in my car. I've had a few visitors recently, and I've said, yeah. do you want to come and do the school pickups with me after work? And they're like, Jenna, I didn't realize how long you spent in the car. Of a morning before I reach work, I can have been in the car for at least two hours, sometimes yeah. two and a half hours yeah. before I've even reached work. Yeah. I don't even have a commute. No, it's insane. <laughs> the traffic's got really bad. Yeah. Really bad. It's back. It's back. It's, hey, Dubai is thriving. thriving. So... Yeah, plan accordingly. Yes, yeah, but that's great. That's great to say that, James. But ultimately, there's only so early you can set off in the morning. Yeah. I know you don't mind getting up at all hours, but I, uh, I'm up in the night with children. There's always nocturnal antics in our house. Yeah. So, yeah, the alarm will not budge from quarter to six. <laughs> and that's it. It's, it's a hard go. cut off at 5.45. That's yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, let's, let's uh, nice catching up. We'll catch up more. But let's jump back <laughs> into the Cosby Wellness Part 2 because in our last podcast we talked about botox and i think we exhausted that and it was it was a really good learning experience so if you haven't if you're thinking about botox treatments or and botox is a brand name by the way or or if you're considering or you have had and you you need you know some some clarification on things that's a really nice 101 intro to cosmetics uh, that particular podcast. So I, I highly recommend you go listen to it. But we, this is part two. And we, we've we got a, a number of different things we want to we wanna jump in on. You know, skin boosters, uh, needling, lasers, and, and more filler. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to start off just with a really quick, your take on when is a good time to start? Like when do we, because there's, there's, there's like three different camps. I think the first camp is don't do any of this. The second camp is bring it all on. And the third (laughs) camp is in the middle. It's like, okay, hold on. We got to think about this. What kind of age, when should we start doing this? What, where does this all lead? What do you, where do you fall in on this? And, and, and how do you talk to clients? Well, it depends on the individual for sure. Okay. Okay. So if, I, if you have somebody that's never drunk any alcohol, they don't tend to go out in the sun, they don't smoke, they have a really good healthy lifestyle, they've always looked after their skin, and by that I mean they take their makeup off at night, they apply good quality skin serums, you know, they're not going to have pigmentation on their face, they're not going to have fine lines and wrinkles, they're good to go. Yeah. I had um, a good friend of mine actually, she came for a consultation the other day, she said, I want to feel fresher, so I think I'm thinking of Botox, and I was like, Aisha, go home. <laughs> You don't need Botox. It's the wrong time. My take is Botox, especially, and fillers are usually there to re- to replace or restore something that's been lost. Okay. So it's something okay. that's happened over time, and that's usually sort of late 20s, early 30s type of time it's starting to start. 
when I first started doing cosmetics, um, so what was that, like nine, ten years ago? Ten years ago, no. We always said, do things like Botox and fillers for prevention of aging. Now that has totally turned on its head oh, really? now. In ten years, we've seen just this dramatic shift. It's a new it's a new industry, isn't it? Non, mm. Non-surgical cosmetic procedures. It is pretty new industry. And we used to be injecting people that were 18, 19, you know, 18 was the cutoff. But anyone over that was fair game. It wasn't considered unethical at the time because we're preventing wrinkles. Right. Problem is you do that, you give somebody too many bo- too much Botox, especially. I think that's the one that I'm kind of like pivoting on here is you can start to develop antibodies against the Botox. You can um, start to get atrophy, so like weakening, thinning of the muscles. And that can start to cause indentations in people's foreheads, around their eyes, etc. You then get wrinkle chases where you freeze somebody in one area and then they start to overexpress in other areas. So now it is more about, okay, let's use the Botox to kind of like just dial things back a little bit as opposed to prevent. Uh-huh. For other areas, so like you've mentioned needles, um, lasers, etc. I think that just becomes the time when people just want to feel fresher and that's the time that you would do it. So I wouldn't start attacking somebody's skin sort of like 22, 23, when their skin is, it's already, everything's working, their collagen is still being produced, they've still got enough elasticity in their skin, there isn't really a need to necessarily do it at that stage, so I feel like it wouldn't necessarily be unethical, but it's just inappropriate to start Mm. doing it at that stage, so as we get older and we stop making as much collagen, we stop having as much elasticity in our skin, that's the time, it's like, right, you have a need, Let's let's deal with it. Oh, okay. I, I I like that word or I don't like that word. I, I don't want to attack your skin. I don't want to attack <laughs> your skin yet. That's, that yeah, sounds really, harsh. It sounds harsh that. Yeah, I mean, I should probably really watch that when I talk to patients because that is something that I would say to somebody. The thing is, and I think we may have discussed this in our last podcast, the way you create change in somebody's skin is to create inflammation, almost like create a little minor problem. And what that does is it encourages the the skin-making cells to switch on, say, oh, hang on, I need to start producing more collagen, elastin, et cetera, which is yeah. what gives us that baby fresh skin. So a lot of what we do with needling and lasers is we create heat, we create damaged, small micro traumas to the skin that encourage replenishment, repair, and, and, and a new, healthier skin. So that is actually what we're doing, sort of a, a micro attack. It doesn't hurt. You'll be comfortable throughout and you you know you're not going to have any sort of downside from the the micro attacks but that is actually what we're doing wow okay yeah. that's really interesting well let's let's start off with needling what cuz we hear about yeah. these i mean these as you said these are non surgical treatments you just come in make an appointment do what you got to do and what you're out, you're out in an hour that kind of not even not even that sometimes it's, a, it's less okay i love needling james really? <laughs> i really love needling yeah so why do why why, why do, do I like love, needling? Yeah, why do you like needling? You know what's great about needling is it's a pretty low cost procedure. There is no real downtime, so um, you're you're kind of in and you're out. Your face might be a little bit red on your way home, but then you get up the next day, you wash your face. Nobody knows you've done anything, and it gives really good results. So kind of what is it? You go into your doctor's surgery. You have numbing cream applied to your face for sort of fifteen minutes plus feels like you've been to the dentist okay. you know like your face you can you can feel it's tingly but it doesn't yeah. hurt there's okay. no pain there so it alters yeah. the sensation and we basically take either a direct needle with a syringe 
with product inside. Or Mike, but these are really small needles, though, right? These are like micro. Yeah, they're needles. small. They're small. Plus, you've been numbed, so the, the sensation is again, it's touch, yeah. but you can't, you can't okay. really feel that pain. Okay. Or we take a derma pen, which is just a pen and needles sticking in and out, basically, yeah. and we can alter the depth depending on whereabouts it is on your face and kind of how, like, if you have acne scars, for instance, you yeah. maybe go a little bit deeper than someone that just wants to okay. have a bit of rejuvenation, and then we just we basically apply it all over the face. So we. Again, we do, we, we make that mic, those micro traumas and that, that works in two ways. One, it creates a bit of inflammation, which as I said, the, the skin has to work to repair that. But also you make these inlets so that I can then apply products that will get deeper. So it's not just going to be superficially applied onto the skin. It's also going to go inside the skin. Yeah. So it's like a, a gateway, <laughs> gateway, yeah, yeah, yeah. gateway access to um, medications, to vitamins, to minerals, to hyaluronic acid which draws water into the skin so that we can you know we can improve the skin from deeper from deeper levels so it's so there is there two types of micro needling one which is dry needles and one which has product in the needles so both you you need product for both okay. for lubrication so right. if you've got a derma pen we would apply the product and the product could be vitamin c it could be succinic acid it could be you know whatever a whatever the product is to get the result that you're looking for. So it could be lightening, brightening, um, for scarring, etc. stem cells. You'd apply that over the top and then uh, you would apply okay. the Dermapen over the nice. product to, to help to get it in there. And that helps to lubricate the Dermapen over the skin. Or you can literally take a needle uh, and syringe and inside the syringe you have your product and then you just apply little tiny micro injections throughout the skin. Got to be honest, that one is a little bit more stingy. Um, I like the Dermapen effects, but I usually use a combination of the two. So if someone comes and they have pigmentation spots, yeah. I'll use the Dermapen first. And then where the spots are at the worst, I will then do some some in- injections because you can get a bit deeper again. How long do the effects from needling last? Depends what you're going for, James. So if you want to like go... If I, have, if I have pigment spots and stuff like that. Once you've got rid of the spots, you've got rid They're of the gone. spots. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, same with acne scarring. People think that they have to come back and do yeah. it again. But the, the, the problem is I can't get rid of something on one session. Right. It takes a while because what you're doing actually, and again, another reason why I like needling, I'm asking your skin to repair itself. I'm just giving it a little helping hand. Yeah. So what's great is the results are entirely natural. It's it, There's nothing artificial about it. You're asking the skin yeah. to improve itself. But once that problem has gone, that problem has gone, if you've got acne scarring and we improve it, it doesn't reverse back. We've, oh, that's cool. So not changed. like Botox where you've got to come back no. and it runs out. So I was still thinking in in that kind of a... A mindset that oh you do this but it's not everlasting well this is kind of interesting well it, if you if someone's coming which they usually do for anti-aging purposes what we say is look do do four to six treatments initially and it's once a month never before a month because well, it takes 28 days yeah. the skin to improve and to, to to get your new skin through so it once a month four to six times and then like maintenance is about every six months after that right. so that's that's usually for rejuvenation say anti-aging effects huh. for pigmentation the problem will be is if somebody is susceptible to pigmentation spots is they might get new ones. And that's sort of then about talking about SPF and right. avoiding the sunshine, etc. Can't guarantee you're not going to get any different ones. Um, or if you still have active acne that you're not going to get further scarring, but let's deal with the acne. Yeah. So, um, but once we've, if it's pigmentation, it's acne scarring or something along those lines, once they're gone, they're gone. 
Man, that's that's really cool. What percentage of of clients do you find coming for the acne scarring, you know, blemishes, uh, tone color issues versus the anti-aging? Well, it would depend what the marketing <laughs> team of the clinic are active in uh, social media posting at that time. So at the moment, I've got loads of people coming for sort of stem cells, exosome yeah. type treatments. Um, you would tend to find the younger population will come for acne scarring yeah. or pigmentation. And sort of a, an older population will tend to come for anti-aging purposes. Okay. But I'd say they're kind of an equal measure. Okay. Everyone's got their beef with what, what bothers them. Sometimes yeah. a patient can come in and they have something that's quite prominent perhaps on their face that, that I would think, oh, they're here for this. And then that doesn't bother them at all. It's something else. And I would never, I would yeah. never say, have you thought about doing this? Right. I, like, I always let the patient invite so me. So you're not upselling? I'd never yeah. do that, James. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's probably a big problem from... Um, yeah, there's a, an ethical dilemma there. Yeah. It's like, you know, once, even me, I went to um, a plastic surgeon in Dubai and I said, like, I've been doing, I, I want my Botox done, but I want you to do this. And then he started just like literally dressing down my face and telling me all these things you could do. I walked so, out. I didn't have anything done. I felt yeah. dreadful about myself. So yeah. I'd never do that to a patient okay. ever, ever, ever. Nice. That's good to know. Thanks. L- <laughs> <laughs> lasering though mm-hmm. is, so lasering is slightly more invasive than needling. Nah, same, same. Uh, different, not necessarily. Different tools, same kind of, does, does one work better than the other or they do really different things? Um, they can be used for the same things. They can use because I saw you using a laser. Lasers, yeah. yeah. Was that from? Yeah, there was a film and they always used to say the laser beam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have four effectively four different types of lasers. And do they have depends. sound effects as well, like Star Trek and Star Wars when you no. put like, <laughs> no, no, they don't. They don't. Do. Um, but we, I mean, I could do it in the background for the yeah. patient if they wanted. But no, like they, the photon be, torpedoes on the Starship Enterprise. You know what they do? They, they do this. Um, and the reason they do that I think is to warn people outside not to come in right lasers the um you know they have that sort of a red light that's attached and if it was to go into somebody's retina go into their eye they lose their vision so you always wear goggles nobody's allowed in the laser room at the same time Hmm. four different types of lasers you've got fractional and non-fractional fractional mean that they almost like the needles they will go into penetrate one area of the skin, little gap, penetrate the next area, little gap, penetrate the next area, that's fractional. Non-fractional means they attack the whole area of the skin, right. so it's everywhere. Then you've got ablative and non-ablative, and within those you've got fractional and non-fractional. Ablative means they actually take a portion of the skin away, they actually exfoliate part of the skin, like a CO2 laser tends to be ablative, it will actually evaporate part of the skin. Uh. The, um, whereas the non-ablative means it heats up the skin, so it creates a small area of inflammation from the heat, but it doesn't actually take away any form of skin. So obviously, if you've got a non-fractional, which covers the whole surface of the skin, ablative laser takes away an entire layer of the skin, that is going to be much deeper, more aggressive, more likely for scars, which are notoriously difficult to treat, to get an entire new layer or type of skin um, than a, a fractional non-ablative laser which just heats portions of the skin um lasers got all different rate like frequencies so you will use some for like fine lines wrinkles some for hair removal some for pigmentation me personally i like lasers for pigmentation they can be really great um so i tend to use them for pigmentation more than anything else 
Um, whereas I prefer needling for like regeneration for scarring. You will find each practitioner has their own preferences. Mm. That's I, I find that lasers have a bit more downtime. They make you more sensitive to the sunlight. You've got to be careful of pigmentation. Get it wrong with lasers, you can actually induce pigmentation problems. So that's that's my preference anybody, anyway, but um, everyone will be a little bit different. And at the at the end of that whole process, it's doing a similar function to needling in that it's injuring the skin, causing yes. it to regenerate. Do you know, James, it's almost like you're a professor. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're I've been like, listening, I'm listening. Like, well done, yeah. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I always say to people as well, even say I made you a prescription and yeah. I said, look, you know, you want anti-aging effects at home here's your prescription. I will have to counsel you on the fact that you're going to get some inflammation, some irritation. Your skin's going to feel a bit dry and itchy yeah. because to really create proper change with the skin, you have to almost create a bit of a problem first, mm. which it goes against everything else that we yeah, do yeah, in medicine. Yeah. Completely different, but that's, that's how it works. I went to a really interesting seminar once on why men tend to age better than women. And there was a theory that it's because they don't wear makeup and they don't tend to wear creams. And because of that, um, they their skin is always exposed to the elements uh-huh. and therefore the skin is always having to be in the switched on mode to make fresh skin. Whereas women, we plow oil on our face. We put moisturizers, which have got sort of that oil base with it. They've got the moisturization, but also the oil layer as well. They all, we wear makeup. Um, and because of that, the theory was, and it, it, is, it is a theory, is that we basically protect our skin so much that it doesn't really feel the need to switch on ah, and keep making fresh cells. Interesting. I'd like to read more of that research. Yeah, well, mm. it's it's out there. Yeah, it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's how you make change for skin. That's obviously quite yeah. different to things like fillers and Botox, but it's, it's an area of cosmetics that I like because... I don't like the unnatural effect. It's literally just encouraging you to do the work in your mm. body. So results are always completely natural because you're doing it. Lasers, like needling, you know, when you come in once a month, it's over six, seven months, and then follow-up treatments to maintain things. Yeah, absolutely, James. Okay. Pop on. So what is it that you don't like about fillers? It's not that I don't like fillers. I like fillers, but I think... They should be the cherry on the cake. Oh, so com- so do some needling, do some lasering. Then, hey, we'll we'll do some fillers later. I I have to say, as a as a preference to for my patients and just generally, I don't like the look where someone is absolutely plumped up with filler. The more superficial the filler is, the more the filler moves, and not oh. your face. So where I do like filler is in the lips to replace what's lost, not to make that big puffy lip. I see but some puffy lip people. The, the, so, but you know what? That's a trend. Yeah, yeah. So it's not my preference, but I have a lot of patients that come in, they say, no, I want I want that look. <laughs> that's what I want. No, it, it goes away though, right? No, no. It, so once you've, people... once you've put the fillers in and get puffy lips, the puffy lips... But, no, between but, six months and two years, depending on the quality of the filler and how quickly years, and how it. quickly you break it down. But in, and when it breaks down, does it break down evenly? Yes, it oh, does. Thank, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully. Um, so it does tend to break down evenly. Also, it depends where you put it. If you put it in an area that you're moving more regularly, your metabolism yeah. in that area might be a little bit quicker, so you tend to break it down a bit quicker. So um, what are, I... What are these fillers? What's What are we, what are they, we putting they tend, in? They tend to be based with hyaluronic acid, and okay. that is, again... With hyaluronic acid, you draw water in. So I'll inject a filler, and then what happens is that people get 
again, inflammation because I've, I've put a needle into the area. That lasts for just a few days. And then they get water drawn into their skin. So mm. in the area over where the filler is, actually their skin can be quite improved as well oh. because they get an increased hydration. Yeah. So fillers can look beautiful if they're done correctly. And like I say, they're done with a pinch of salt. So <laughs> it's just it's just that whole face full. Again, I see a lot of like 19, 20-year-olds absolutely plumped up with filler and it can actually make them look older because yeah. it looks like they're trying to hide something that was never there. But it's everyone, everyone and every culture has their own sort of acceptable policy of what they think they want. Me as a practitioner, I, I like natural. That's how I try and get my patients that they look fresh. And sometimes that is with filler and, and, and usually with a bit of Botox, but more like baby Botox as opposed to full on. But ultimately everyone is different. It's, it's interesting because when you talk about the fillers, when you talk about the lasers, when you talk about the needling, they all force our body to react to that process. But in the process of reacting, it's doing a positive thing. So whether it's bringing in more water, whether it's bringing in new cells, whether, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting the way these yeah. things work. Yes and no. I wouldn't say Botox and fillers fill into that category. No? especially not Botox. I mean, it's a toxin. We are literally switching off our muscles from activating. I was only talking what we were talking about today. I wasn't talking about the oh, Botox. Okay. All right, <laughs> stick, stick that in a different bag. Bill is also, I'd say, you know, as well. Let's put that, let's no, put but, that in the Botox bag. Oh, okay, so that that's, uh, all right. Yeah, but the needling, lasers, um, something called Profiler, which is like skin boosters. Yeah, I was going to ask about those. I wanted to know where skin boosters fit in with, so the Botox and the... The, the fillers, they're in one bag. Skin boosters are with that bag, or are they with the needling and lasers? The skin boosters, let's put them in the needling and lasers Ooh, bag. Okay, so that's sure. the, the better side, all right. It's not the better <laughs> side. There's different indications. Okay, okay. Um, the only thing, like I say, Botox fillers, I do them every day. I enjoy doing them. They give great results, but there's an indication, and there is. Um, you've got to be very careful with them because we can make people look unnatural right. very quickly. So yeah. with a pinch of salt. The um, needling, lasers, Profilo, or whichever brand it is you choose for your um, skin booster. Again, that is also hyaluronic acid. It's injected quite deep into the skin. a lot of hyaluronic acid going on Well, here. because hyaluronic acid basically holds up to 1,000 times its own weight in water. And it's found in the body, so I guess it's... Yeah, uh, exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's a natural product. Yeah. Um, mm. And it's, it's more about the hydrating effect. So what we do with these, and each brand has their own different policy, but if we take Profilo, one of the first ones that came onto the market, really famous one, a safe, and I, I tend, one I tend to use, you tend to do five injections into the face in very specific areas. It's quite a sort of a medium level injection. Mm. And all it does is it basically draws a gallon of water <laughs> really? into the face. It gives that lovely, fresh, dewy look, hydrates the skin, so do, do, does by drawing that water in, do you get some swelling as well? No, nah, not really. Nah, it's okay. not, not enough for that. Okay. And, and would you, does the person, after the acid has been injected, do they feel it yeah. in a sense? Oh, so they really feel the change in their skin? They feel that they really feel okay. the change. Oh, and nice. there's, if, if you have very dehydrated skin, you're more likely to show wrinkles. Okay. But you, you see the folds more regularly. So um, it's purely like a, it's like a hydration process. There's also talk of how it switches on collagen and things like that. But my take on it more is it's it's the hydration that makes yeah. the biggest difference. And initially, when I I saw the treatments and I was sort of doing training for it, I thought, I just don't really think these are going to work. You know, I don't yeah. understand really how it's going to make that big a difference for that long. 
But honestly, like seeing the results, it, people get really addicted to it. And it's not a problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. If you get really addicted to Botox and fillers, you can go to the extremes with it. It's a problem. Profiler or other other boosters, they're really they're really natural. I mean, I'm waiting for my paydays so that I can get some of these treatments. <laughs> I do them for everyone, but you know they they you know they can they come with a pretty price tag, right? Um, so with skin boosters, you tend to do one today, say one in a month, and then again it's just one. Then every six months, it's not a big time commitment. It's not a big yeah. cost commitment because it it's it's very infrequent. Um, and and literally all it does is is really really hydrate the skin, give that dewy glowing look, okay. which what people are seeking so i kind of like the, the way cosmetics is going it's becoming more natural so when when pe- I'm, I'm just curious because you obviously have a whole bunch of clients who are coming in do they come in for a consultation first and say hey you know i'm thinking i want to i, I want to you know i've heard people talking about xyz or needling or botox or fillers and and i, I this is what i'm trying to achieve do they come in and have a chat about that or, yeah. or do they tend to come in and say like I've got five friends who have had this done. I want the same. Depends. Okay. So a bit so, of each. Yeah, I have, um, I've got a lot of patients from China at the moment. They're all coming for needling with, and then you pick your product on top of the needling. So they're all coming for exosomes, which is part of the stem cell category. Um, and, and that's it. They very much come for that. And, you know, I can sort of have a chat, like, why do you want it? What's bothering you? Okay. Yeah. And then sometimes I might tweak, say, look, for this, for what's bothering you, you might be better with something like this. Yeah. Um, but generally people will come and say, I just want to feel fresh. I feel like yeah. life's tough. <laughs> I'm tired and I just don't want my face to show it anymore. Yeah. And sometimes, sadly, like you also have to turn people away. There was a lovely gentleman coming to a clinic of mine and he had like he had a problem that just could not be treated with okay. what I have available. He needed surgery. Yeah. And he'd been coming back and back and back to this clinic and I think, you know, they had been quite enjoying taking his money and, and doing the treatments. And for me, I was just like, look, I'm really sorry. I can continue doing the treatments you're having. But ultimately, the only way this is going to get sorted is with surgery. And, you know, you, you lose your patient, but hopefully they find out they get the right result. Because yeah. the, there is a limit to what can be done in a non-surgical field also. Yeah. Especially when it comes to things like like weight loss for... Um, People have got like ligament problems in their face and so they get indentations where the ligaments are, um, especially for kind of facial sagging. Um, there is a limit, for sure there is a limit. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're getting close to the end of our, our session here. Our allocated slot. Our allocated slot. What, what got you into this? Like what, in, in a nutshell, what drew you to cosmetics? Uh, you are an MD. You do do trauma stuff. Why this? Uh, I think I got in really early, so I got in before it became a big thing, and I've always had like quite an entrepreneurial spirit, I suppose, and what I I didn't like about medicine, especially in the UK, was being trapped. You know, you basically give nine years of your life after university to being in a structured program, you can take allocated holidays, you you get told where you're going to live. Yeah. you know and I, I, I've never liked that you know me James yeah, like, I don't yeah, like yeah, to be yeah. restrained so I kind of saw this as an opportunity of oh maybe this is something I could I could do and I can escape having to be in that nine year system because I've already been in a five year one right. actually five six seven years because um, yeah. you've got university then F1 F2 
Um, and so it was kind of my way of trying to get out of that. So I, I did the courses. I really enjoyed it. I then started doing much further training into cosmetic dermatology. I did my American board. Took quite a few years. Went to work full time in a cosmetic hospital and thought, I like it, but not full time. And I immediately sort of it reminded me that it's quite arty. I love that. I love seeing it when patients are happy with results. Yeah, yeah. I like doing it ethically. And I kind of feel like definitely the more, eth- more one of the more ethical practitioners. But for me, I also love people and I love patients. And I, I could never do it. I could, I could never just be about the cosmetic okay. business. So I love it. But it's it's definitely not all that I am. And there are lots of cosmetic doctors and they do brilliant jobs. There's a, a guy called Dr. Tim in the UK. I can't remember his surname. He has totally embraced cosmetics. He's become a very scientific and ethical provider, teaching people to do it. And I really admire him. And it's something I probably wish I could be, but it's just it's just not because, yeah. as you mentioned, I like all the other stuff as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. How, where do if people want to get in touch with you, they want to have a chat with you. I mean, you've got the Dogter Florence brand doing all sorts of things on YouTube and beyond. And if you haven't not gone and looked at dr florence yeah she's, she's been a bit quiet recently but, um, but she's still she's, alive and well yeah she's alive and well touch wood no. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a healthy dog but yes <laughs> but where, where can they where can people get in touch with you where can they see what you're doing up on the socials how do we how do we find dr jenna i, I think i think the best way is just to contact me on instagram um i was always really against instagram but now it's become very active in my life so yeah dr jenna burton just have a little look on instagram or give me a google and you can find my contact de- details on the clinics and you're, I mean, two of them that you're at are Coopers. And uh, GMC Clinics. There we yeah. go. So easy to find, doing some great stuff. And, and you know, go back to the podcast. We've got a whole bunch of uh, chats with Dr. Jenna about this, that, and the other things. And we're going to do it all again really soon as well. So stay so, tuned. James. We're right here at the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify and beyond. However you're listening to us. Keep doing so, and we'll talk to you again really soon. I'm James Pikeway. She is Dr. Jenna Burton, 